Howdy, y'all, and welcome to another episode of The Daily Grind. I'm your host, John Spencer, so grab a mug of your favorite brew and get ready to brew your brain as we give a rundown on today's dates and some interesting historical facts, and to sharpen your wit as I toss out some random musing and facts just to get your brain gears turning, and hopefully a time to enrich your faith as we talk about our walk with Jesus. Hey, so joining me again this week for Brew Your Brain and Sharpen Your Wit is my sister, Carla Cockrell. Hello, Daily Grind. Got me a cup of my favorite brew, too, so let's go. Mm, Yeah. Now it's that time on the Daily Grind to brew your brain. It's Tuesday, August 29th. And on this day in 29, John the Baptist was beheaded by King Herod. Mm -hmm. That was Mm a bad bad deal. Bad deal. Bad deal. In 1839, the ship Amistad was seized by abducted African slaves. And after capture and imprisonment, they were declared free by the United States Supreme Court on March 9th, 1841. Oh, good for them. How about that? And they were defended by John Quincy Adams. Oh, my goodness. I didn't know that. That's cool. Have you ever seen that movie, Amistad? (gasps) No. Yeah. But (laughs) you know what it's about. I should have. I do. Okay. And on this date in 1967, the fugitive finale on ABC starring David Jansen as Dr. Richard Kimball was the most watched program of all time until 1980 when Dallas's Who Shot JR aired. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I remember it. There you go. I remember. Oh. And on, on this date, August 29th, 1991, the Soviet Communist Party suspended all activities. What? Yeah. That was the beginning of the breakup. And on this date in 2005, Hurricane Katrina oh. struck the Gulf Coast, damaged over 90,000 acres. Yes. Inflicted over $200 billion in damage um, and a loss of thousands of lives. Yeah. Mm. 2005. Hurricane. Gosh. Mm. And turned countless others upside down. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Gosh. August 29th is, according to Hoyle Day. (laughs) Okay. uh, Who was the first person to write and codify some card game rules? It's Chop Suey Day. <laughs> okay. It's, I like the way that sounds. It's I know it's Chop Suey's fun to say. <laughs> it's Lemon Juice Day. Okay. Here's what I think, though. You know, I've heard the old saying, life gives you lemons, you should make lemonade. Mm-hmm. I'm at the point now where I think, if life gives you lemons, send them back <laughs> and tell them you want a cup of coffee. Really? <laughs> 
Exactly. Get that lemon juice out of my face. We do not need lemon juice. <laughs> it's more herbs, less salt day. Oh, that's intriguing. Yeah, more herbs, less salt. And yes. it's also whiskey sour day. Okay. I don't make these days. I just oh, no. you're <laughs> under no obligation to serve <laughs> them in any way, shape, or form. Okay. Not an endorsement. Okay. <laughs> And now's that time on the daily grind to sharpen your wit. Although it's only 2% of our body weight, the brain uses 20% of the calories that we take in. Oh, that seems out of balance. Uh, I think it would explain the obesity. <laughs> right. Oh, gosh. That's really a brain problem. <laughs> Use your brain some more. Oh. This is something that only people of our generation will get, Carla. But what if Stacy's mom was also <laughs> Jesse's girl? <laughs> oh, that would be a mashup, and we would like <laughs> that, to hear it. So oh. that would be that would be quite a tangled <laughs> <tub> of <laughs> the average cloud weighs two hundred and sixteen thousand pounds. What? That's a lot of water. That's a lot of water weight, moisture. Yeah, cloud yeah. is water vapor. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot. I know of y'all think, oh, light, fluffy. No, but if a cloud fell on you, it would crush you. Yeah. <laughs> Except it would move around you. It's not solid. Anyway, heavy. Right. A lot of mm. a lot of mass. The first film to have a sequel was King Kong, with the 1933 release Son of Kong. <laughs> Did not realize. <laughs> wow, classics. Mark Twain, cat lover. I did not know. I'm not surprised though. Well, maybe not. I don't know because here's the names of Mark <laughs> Twain's cats. Okay. Sour Mash. <laughs> Sin. Mm-hmm. Apollinaris. Mm. Beelzebub. Buffalo <laughs> Bill. The roster, Blatherskite, no way. Satan. There is a lot going on there with those cat there, names. There's a lot going on with those cat names. And I'm going, I think those cats might have been reacting to you more than just me. No. <laughs> and here's just some free advice. You should never make snow angels in a dog park. That sounds like good advice. It is I'll good take advice. Thank you up on that one. Okay. When you teach a wolf to meditate, he becomes a werewolf. Yes, I like it. A werewolf. <laughs> oh, see what you did there. Yep. Oh. If your nose goes on strike, pick it. No. <laughs> I guess so. Okay. You're gonna mm. be- Now it's that time on the Daily Grind to enrich your faith. We're going to continue with the idea of loving your enemies. Our focus today is on the closing verses of Matthew 5, specifically verses 43 to 48. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbors and hate your enemies. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. 
He causes his sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Jesus enters a world where the norm is to love your neighbor and hate your enemy. And he takes a bold step into introducing a revolutionary way of interpreting Torah. Loving God and loving others. His approach is so extraordinary that it just leaves his audience dumbfounded in the first century. And while we're not exactly sure where Jesus picked up the phrase, you have heard it said, hate your enemies, it's clear that in his day, certain Jewish factions, like the Essenes, held disdain for the Ketim, or Gentiles. And some zealous Jews even harbored animosity towards their own compromised Jewish leaders, not to mention just outright hatred of the Romans. What truly stands out is Jesus's redefinition of the term neighbor. He instructs his followers to engage with their enemies, requiring both closeness and attention. They're to be the kind of people who genuinely desire and actively work towards the well-being of their enemies. This isn't merely about tolerating others. It's about striving for their transformation into the individuals that align with God's intention. In essence, our love must mirror God's love. A key action in that whole process is to pray for our enemies and for those who persecute us. This extraordinary principle of Jesus has quickly gained traction within the church. And we see Jesus modeling it in Luke 23, 34, when on the cross, he asked his father to forgive those people who were crucifying him because they didn't know what they were doing. Stephen embodied that in Acts 7, 60, when he asked that the people murdering him not be held guilty. Paul advised it in Romans 12, 14, where he talks about you know, praying for those that persecute you. Peter urges his readers to do the same thing in First Peter 3, 9, where he talks about don't repay evil with evil, but uh, repay evil with blessings. Uh, Polycarp, an early church father, both lived and taught this principle, even in his own martyrdom. And throughout the history of the New Testament and the early church, and with brothers and sisters all over this planet, people are still living that out. As Jesus's followers, we are called to mirror our Heavenly Father's character. Essentially, we are meant to reflect who God is through our actions. Limiting love to those who are similar to us is merely a reflection of our self-love. God the Father exemplifies a love that extends both to good and evil, to righteous and unrighteous. I mean, Jesus shattered societal norms that would dictate who is worthy of love by presenting an incredibly radical principle that is still challenging us today. So there's a whole lot of scholarly people who have a whole lot of varying interpretations of Jesus's call to be perfect 
in Matthew 5:48. I tend to be with the group that proposes perfection really embodies God's all-encompassing love. That Jesus is encouraging his followers to be perfect in love, meaning to love not only their fellow Jews, but also their enemy neighbors. The call is to love all just as God loves all. Context, that's there in Matthew 5, 35. So to truly live this out, the first thing we have to do is identify our enemies and acknowledge their existence. I mean, go ahead, name them. Name him or her. Admit it. We all have enemies. Then we need to ask ourselves, how can I transform my enemies into neighbors? You know, want to know what God's plan for your life is? It's to do just that. This call is on us to contribute to a society built up on peace, built up on really wholeness and completeness, shalom. Because the essence of the kingdom is shalom. You know, and when we look at Matthew 22, 34 through 40, we discover that the core of the entire Torah lies in the imperative to love God and love others. In really simple terms, the ultimate expression of maturity and fulfillment is agape, which encompasses wholeness and devotion to God. Our true essence as fully realized human beings is to thrive by loving God and loving others. I mean, this is the essence of our existence. It's, it's what God envisioned when he created humanity. And it's what Jesus modeled as being fully human. So as we wrap up today, we've looked at the revolutionary notion of loving our enemies as presented to us by Jesus here in the Sermon on the Mount. And this concept, I think, should challenge us to step outside of our comfort zone and embrace a radical principle that seeks the betterment of even those that we consider foes or enemies or adversaries. So let's take this teaching to heart and strive to be agents of transformative love in a world that so desperately needs it. Hey, I'll put all the scripture references in the show notes. I want to thank you for joining me on another episode of The Daily Grind. Look forward to joining with you tomorrow as we continue looking at this whole idea and notion of loving our enemies. Go do that today. See what you can do to transform your enemies into neighbors. Grace and peace to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ.